It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season. We want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Nashville. We're heading to New Orleans and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com. That's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us. We're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our show's as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. You're listening to BGN Radio. It is a deep spiral. Under it is Sproles. Makes the first man miss, of course. Looks for running room up the right side. He cuts back to the center of the field. He's at the 45. He's at the 50. He's at the 45. He's at the 41. And Mighty Mouse is at it again. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? And it is uh, not, uh, we are still waiting on 316, which is coming. Earlier this week, James Seltzer out of town in Miami having fun, leaving us two lovebirds uh, to do all of the grunt work, and we love it because it's an Eagles OTA update with uh, the one and the only, Mr. Brandley Gunn. What's up, BLG? Johnny, the Eagles just got done with their second OTA practice of the 2018 offseason, and there are a lot of things to talk about, so let's get right into it. There's uh, plenty of things to talk about, and whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or any other fine podcast app, we appreciate the five-star reviews that do go a very long way. BLG, let's start first. What, um, what impressed you the most today? I will say that it is Devontae Bosby. <laughs> Once answer, again. The answer uh, everyone's expecting, obviously, it's so weird, right? I mean, so that's that's something that can totally happen in off-season practices where, again, you come into it thinking, all right, you know, I know which guys are going to stick out. I'm excited to see Sidney Jones. I'm excited to see these guys like Dallas Goddard or Philly Goddard. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you just have this guy who, you know, a lot of people probably don't even realize, like, like how he got on the roster or they just don't have this familiarity with him. But, I mean, he's a, he's a thing now, apparently, at least through two practices. And, and we even heard it from Jim Schwartz speaking in his first press conference, 
since the end of the 2017 season when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Is that right? Can we get get that fact-checked? I may be wrong about that, but I don't think I am. And uh, it was interesting because last week we had seen Sidney Jones looking good as the first-team nickel cornerback, but Schwartz said that, hey, you guys might not have been here, but we didn't even have him in nickel the next practice. And then all of a sudden today we see Devontae Bosby getting the first-team Wraps at nickel corner, and honestly, based on what we had seen out of him out of that first OTA practice last week, he kind of deserves that playing time because he really stood out. So why not give him a look with the starters there? And and today he had another pass breakup on a play on a um, Nate Sudfeld throw, I believe, over the middle to Nelson Aguilar. So he's standing out, and that's crazy to think that we were already talking about there's so many corners on this roster. There's so much competition between Rizal Douglas and Sidney Jones and Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby and all of those guys. And now you, you add a completely new name into the mix. And like we've been saying all along, it's kind of a good problem to have. Oh, it's a, it certainly is. And uh, you can hear uh, Jim Schwartz and Mike Grow actually in full. It's the uh, previous episode that we just uploaded this morning. Um, some interesting tidbits there. Although I will say, BLG is the first thing I noticed from OTAs. Uh, Mike Grow. Press conference voice, terrible. Not, not so great. Good. It is terrible. Yeah, On the field, so phenomenal. But uh, very soft-spoken. I, I didn't expect that from Mike Groh in our, kind of our first introduction into uh, him being an OC. And it was also very interesting how he just kept describing everything as like, this is not my offense. This is Doug's offense. We just – and he, he barely even answered. I believe it went to Les Bowen. You know, how are you going to add your new wrinkles? And paraphrasing on that, just I'm um, – uh, he kind of uh, ducked away from that too, so he's keeping very things you know very close to the vest here. But um, I noticed that he did it's drift new for him. It is, it's, it certainly yeah. is, and he uh, he was drifting towards the wide receivers today. He just you know he didn't quite want to leave it. Although I will say, uh, new Eagles wide receiving coach and uh, forgive me, Bill, help me out. I forget his name. Gunter Brewer. Gunter Brewer uh, and Carson Walsh is the assistant. Yes, uh, Gunter has got uh, a nice southern twang, and I enjoy that very much. Uh, I believe that's who I saw uh, today uh, t- chatting that up. Who, whoever it was from North Carolina that they got, that is Gunter, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. So he's uh, he's older than I expected, uh, at least in the face, and he is he's got a good <laughs> he's got a very good communication set, which is what impressed me the most. The only reason why I bring that up is because Mike Rowe was the same way. Didn't didn't seem like they uh, they lost a beat there, which is which is great. So uh, BLG. We went from, and yeah, and just as you were discussing, and I, I still kind of feel that way. I still feel like it's just that, one, the nickel slot is is open for battle. And Jim Schwartz also went on to say that, you know, Razul Douglas is going to stay on the outside. So I am really curious how this all, again, shakes out with Sidney Jones now in the mix and Darby and all those guys that are going uh, in and out of there. Who else impressed you today, BLG? Um, I will, one name I will say that, uh, I guess is a key name to highlight. Didn't necessarily impress me, but I did want to talk about him. I think it's important to another big kind of takeaway from today's practice was that Nate Sudfeld has kind of been up and down, I would say, through his first two OTAs. I'd practices. actually say not great. I would say up and down. Yeah. There's been there's been flashes where like, oh, well, that's a good throw. I, I wouldn't say he's terrible. But here's the thing. I think we have to put this in perspective. And obviously me being Nate Sudfeld's biggest fan, obviously <laughs> I'm going to cape for this. But But seriously, when I say this, 
Think back to how Carson looked in OTAs last year. It wasn't good. Remember, Johnny? Like, oh, it was yeah. not good. We were kind of like, eh, <laughs> it's not looking great here. So I'm not going to press the panic button by any means just yet. I mean, obviously, you would, you would want him to look great. Look, honestly, Nick Foles hasn't been, like, super sharp either. Right. And obviously, some people aren't going to believe that coming from me. But, I mean, it's true. I mean, he had two interceptions in the first practice. He was fine today. Didn't look terrible. But it's just, like, none of these guys are really lighting it up yet. It's, you know, it's the second OTA practice, at least the open to the, the public. They did have a couple more days last week that we didn't see. But, um, you know, I think that's that's kind of another one of my big takeaways today. Uh, I also want to highlight uh, Aziz Shitu, uh, at, at third-team defensive tackle there. He was, and that's obviously pretty important with Timmy Jernigan missing some time, and we'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, he was standing out to me on the pass rush. There was a play where he just beat, uh, Matt Pryor, who's the Eagles' fifth, uh, sixth round pick, playing right guard, and he just got by him so easily. And then Stephen Means and him went on to uh, celebrate their sack for about like 15 seconds, as Stephen <laughs> Means loves to do in practice, which is great. So uh, it's an, there's you know it's, it's it's early, so it's hard to make a ton out of these names, but some of these names do do pop off. I also want to say that like you look at a Billy Brown. And that guy who is in his second year, we're excited to see. He had a couple of drops today. So, you know, there's there's some highlights. There's some mistakes. Don't want to read too much into it, but it's kind of just, you know, interesting to see what's going on so far. And I'll say that because I primarily stuck with the wide receivers just during individual drills uh, once again, and I'm, I swear I'm not making this up, gang. you got to believe us just like we were saying about Nelson Aguilar. Shelton Gibson looks like a completely different person to me. Like, and that, and I know it's just as simple as like, hey, a wide receiver's catching balls here, but it's different. The catch point is different. You know, he's not body catching nearly as much as you saw him last year. He's really crisp. He's ripping through his routes a lot of the time when they have the tackling dummies or you know cones or poles that are in there. And the few red zone drills that you saw with all three quarterbacks, he really stood out to me. Greg Ward, again, is having an, a, a very nice camp, like two guys that I uh, – or one guy that I thought uh, had a real shot at making the roster last year. Um, Greg Ward is, again, ve- feeling very comfortable with that wide receiver position, and I am I am so curious uh, as, as much as – as I am, I think, with the corners and how that wide receiver, uh, you know, roster is in depth chart is going to end up shaking out here. I think they had two really strong performances. Did you notice anything out of uh, team drills when they were on the field at all, BLG? Who is this now exactly? Shelton Gibson or Greg Ward? Did they stand out to you in one way or the other? Well, Gibson did have one drop and install, I believe, but it was almost it was it was a point where he had to leap to make the catch, and honestly. To kind of piggyback on what you're saying there, John, I was surprised that he dropped it because he has looked so good otherwise, and that's a big difference from last year when if he dropped that catch, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what I expected. So the fact that he is making some of those catches uh, more consistently is good. Definitely a positive sign for him. Uh, I also want to say that Matt Collins had a nice one-handed catch. Now, it was only <laughs> – there's no defense, but still, it was a nice little one-handed catch there. And, of course, Mike Groh, now the offensive coordinator, was looking on, and he was like – he said something about Mac being a show-off, and it was a very fun moment. And then Greg Ward, your boy, who we were just talking about, he also had a nice one-handed catch, too. So, And he looked good in team drills, I thought. I thought he um, was doing a good job of getting open. There was a specific moment I noticed with him where the Eagles were doing some red zone work, and Joe Callahan threw to him on a, a quick slant into the red zone. And boy, oh boy. That was a hospital pass, if I've ever seen a <laughs> hospital pass. Avante Maddox was right there to light him up if that was a real game. And he did bump him, but Greg Ward totally held on. He went to the ground. So I, I, seeing that, 
like right there out of a guy who was a former quarterback and seeing that physicality aspect, that's a really encouraging sign. And, you know, we already know what the Eagles have with their top receivers with, you know, Alshon and, and Mike Wallace and Aguilar, who, by the way, Aguilar still looks pretty good. He's had a couple drops, so I don't think that completely goes away with him. But for the most part, you can just tell he's really good. And then Mac as well. But those, you know, those kind of depth jobs, the fifth, six spots we were talking about Shelton Gibson or even if they keep six wide receivers like they did last year those are the jobs that are up for grabs and I would definitely say Greg Ward right now is kind of uh he could be in the front runner how about that so uh yeah we can uh, I won't get excited yet but uh, it's a great sign uh, of that going into OTAs and going into uh training camp as well uh, I want to get to Dallas Goddard, uh, yes. for sure, because he had a great day today. And I, I, I at, f- at first, let's talk about this. You know, there was Trey Sullivan last year. I, I, I didn't think he wasn't going to make the roster based on just his special team's ability, the way that he is just, just so nasty uh, of a tackler and really lays the wood, is, is a perfect emphasis of, of Jim Schwartz embodied. And uh, he just keeps doing that. He keeps making... Uh, great plays and uh, continuing to you know just push it and push it and push it. I, I mean, I think there's a pretty good shot that he's going to make the roster this go around. What'd you see out of Trey today, there, BLG? Yeah, he had a play on one of the final plays of practice where I don't know if Donald Pumphrey either it was either short catch or it was a run. And in any case, Donald Pumphrey was kind of in the flat there, and he was about to run to the sideline. And Trey Sullivan came down, just put a huge like pop on him. You know, not like a real tackle, not a hit. They, they obviously don't do that in OTAs, but just to kind of get up in his face there a little bit and just put a big little pop on him there. That's you know that is very much the player that he is. He is that physical player who has that just no fear and really just that sense of physicality. So encouraging to see that from him. It is interesting to think about what the Eagles are going to do with the backup safety spot here because I thought Jeremy Reeves was really one of the standouts of last week's practice. He did get worked a little bit today by uh, the man he mentioned earlier, Philly Goddard. But <laughs> So you have him. You have, uh, you know, Chris Maragos isn't practicing yet, but eventually he'll be back. And then Corey Graham is not on the team, but, John, I think it's like kind of a, a the worst-kept secret that Corey Graham is probably going to be back. He even had Jim Schwartz singing his praises today as if he was on the team and he's not he was talking about how uh cory graham specifically he mentioned malcolm cory graham and uh someone else i can't remember who their versatility was just so huge last year and and really allowed them to succeed in spite of some of those injuries they had so i definitely think cory graham is going to be back which kind of puts those young guys in a tough spot now how did philly goddard just own everybody today on the field because that's basically what I'm reading into what happened today. Is that what happened today? I mean, it was it was better, definitely, than the first practice. I don't think he looked bad necessarily in his first practice, but I didn't really see a ton. I saw a little bit more today. I saw a, a drill where and it was just one-on-one Jeremy Reeves and, and Dallas Goddard, and it was just like thinking in my head, oh, man, that's a mismatch. And sure enough, it was. I mean, Goddard just worked him. Reeves didn't stand a chance. And even if Reeves could have had the makeup speed, I mean, Goddard just has the size over him to just get that thing. And then we saw him use that size later on in team drills where Nate Sudfeld threw a ball into a tight window in the middle of the field there. Three, two or three defenders right around Philly Goddard and just didn't matter. 
went up, leaped up, got the ball. Great play. Uh, good throw, but even better catch. And just to see that, I mean, you can see why this guy, you know, why the Eagles drafted him where they did definitely. Uh, those kind of just highlight kind of big plays are exciting to watch. Man, can't wait. I can't wait till they put full pads on there in, uh, in later July. And the other interesting things that I think I, think I saw from you, one, uh, during – uh, Jim's press conference today, you know, somebody had asked him about Corey Nelson getting first team reps, which he kind of dodged and weaved and went up and down with. And he said that they really don't have, you know, their starters taking reps with the ones, especially now. And I don't, Corey's not even here, is he, BLG? Corey Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, he's here. Okay. I, and he, he, he was taking the first team weak side linebacker snaps last week. Today it was more so they were mixing in. Gary and, uh, uh, and Kamu, uh, right? Gary and Kamu. I don't even know if I saw Nelson really fully practicing in, in team drills. Maybe he was. I just, you know, there's so many moving parts you can't keep track of at all. But I did see Gary get time with the first team defense and the second team defense. So they're really giving him a look there. Uh, I don't think Kamu did so much with the first team. A little bit, I think he did in nickel. But then uh, he was working a lot with the backups too. So, And that's a spot we have to mention where, you know, look, Jordan Hicks still isn't participating in team drills. Leroy Reynolds, you know, the veteran player they signed is still, and Joe Walker are both still missing time. They didn't practice yet again. So we'll see how that shakes out. And speaking of injuries, I, I did have to bring this up because we probably waited too long to say it. Carson Wentz, again, was there, and <laughs> you can see that, I'm sure, John, in your video there on, on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook Plenty page. Plenty of shots. Plenty of shots. A good old Carson Wentz slinging it in there who, I mean, to be honest, during quarterback drills, it still looked like the best quarterback on the field, which is a good sign. I mean, he looks great, right? I mean, there's there's no – I mean, obviously, he's not 100% right now, but he looks, like, pretty good. Like, you're looking at him – like, I just think back to – I don't think you were there for Johnny, but I think back to when the Eagles got Sam Bradford, you know, and he was coming off the ACL tear in 2015, I guess it was, and you could just tell. I mean, that guy was not ready. Like, he was, like, barely moving when he was walking around. And meanwhile, like, Carson Wentz is running, even when he's not doing the drills – and I think it was interesting to see that he kind of did a little bit more of a team drill today. It wasn't anything major. It was just two-on-two. Two, but I don't even remember him doing that last week. It was like individual drills, and then they just shut him down for the rest of practice. And that could have been partly because they were practicing inside. But uh, it was good to see him do that. And then, look, the rest of the team is practicing, and he's off on the other field doing full field sprints. So <laughs> That's right. It's it's just like you're looking at that guy, and I again every time I just look at him, I'm like, how is this guy not going to play week one? Like you're going to have to like put him a straight jacket and lock him up to you know have him not play week one. Yeah, it it really is, and uh, you know the the more and more and the probably the closer and closer it's going to get to you know the preseason, and he's going to get eased into it. Um, I'm sure that there will be a lot of people saying like, yeah, well, there's no reason that Carson shouldn't start based on you know what we've seen uh, thus far. I will say that the only other two things of note before uh, we let you go here, BLG, one, um, Isaac Sayamalu primarily just at center and not in first or second team or even third team, I think. But I, uh, what I remember from your notes is uh, what's the deal with uh, Isaac Sayamalu today? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I asked Brandon Brooks after practice, you know, what's the deal with Isaac, and he didn't seem to know. And so far in the practices we've seen, Isaac hasn't done any really team drills. He has, other than the only thing he's done that I've seen is snap the ball in seven-on-seven, seven, which is a little interesting. You know, they're trying him out at center there. Um, has not participated in the, you know, full team drills. I don't think that's because he's like – 
below everyone on the depth chart there. Like you can't convince me he's below Aaron Evans and Daryl Green. Uh, or but you know it's it is kind of it's mysterious. It's like okay, what's the deal? We didn't necessarily know uh, that he was hurt, so we'll see about that. It could just be something that kind of lingers here. Or who knows? But uh, it is interesting to to note for now. Um, also, just uh, yeah. on that note as well is uh, Trey Thomas. BGN Radio's own yes. Trey Thomas was uh, chatting with uh, Jordan Malata. Malata, I still can't say his last name properly for some reason. Uh, and uh, also with uh, Jason Peters hanging out as well. I've been told, I've been told that uh, the Next Level Podcast, which will be out tomorrow morning, should have some a little bit of insight on uh, what what uh, the discussions between. Him and Jordan, where I'm really curious to see what happened there. And then also BLG in the locker room, Nick Foles outright denies Mike Silver's report of the Eagles approaching him about being traded yeah. to the what Browns. What else is he going to say? <laughs> yeah, well, true. But, I mean, uh, the fact that uh, the way he said it to mm-hmm. me uh, made me believe it a little more. Now, I'm I'm not saying that. Mike Silver's wrong. I mean, I'm sure he's he's right about yeah, a are. lot of that, what's going on, and it's <laughs> obviously from the Cleveland side of where he's heard it from, and it's not from the Philadelphia side, but yeah, to me, it made me, I, I, let me just, I'm just going to believe at face value that Nick Foles had no say in it, which makes me feel a lot better, I guess. I don't know. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, just do players or executives or whatever, like, ever say, oh, yeah, that rumor was true. I mean... <laughs> Not really. I, yeah. I can't think of any examples where they do. They usually deny it. I mean, what's really Nick Foles have to gain so much by saying that? I mean, is that more fan adulation? It was like, yeah. Well, maybe he thought, you know, it, it could be like the ire of fans. It's like, oh, you know, we could have had that pick. And you would just, I don't know. I, I don't really put in. I mean, if he believes it, I'm not saying he's lying. Or if he says it, I'm not saying he's a liar. It's just that, you know, there's a lot of different sides to this. There could be half-truths involved. I think he had mentioned, you know, it didn't get to him. Okay, um, does that doesn't mean it didn't get to his agent, right? I mean, yeah. the fact that like he specifically didn't deny it doesn't mean his agent didn't deny it. So there's a there's a lot of like layers to that, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know either. It didn't happen. It, yeah. So he's here. That's it. Yeah. So well, I could see why. Uh, there's a number of reasons why too is it's especially like why create a larger story when again the media is not even going to be there for uh, uh, probably another what we're we're not due back until the second or third or fourth or somewhere around there uh, next Tuesday I would assume so yeah why have that drag on for an entire week when you can just say no nah, it never happened and then it just kind of goes away instead of like well yeah it did and then there's a thousand other questions behind that so that's a good point all around I think Vince Quinn had mentioned the same thing to me on the Twitter dot come so uh blg any other final takeaways before we say goodbye not right now i mean we are 100 days away from the season opener so it'll be here before you know it. we'll have training camp all of that for but for right now we have a um i think we have four more wait one two we have five more days of combined o- two more day ot's OTA days next week and then we have the mini camp the week after that which is mandatory so we'll see you know if Michael Bennett shows up and obviously Darren Sproles has been away too so kind of just cruising here through the off season uh obviously have some things coming up with BGN radio so make sure you keep listening to all the podcast here check out the site bleedinggreennation.com and don't forget the Apple podcast reviews that's right very important also very important if you haven't already Signed up and gotten your tickets for the opening tap, the first tap with phillylovesbeard.org. My 
God are you going to miss out on something special because we're doing it at the Fillmore. It is the start of Philly Beer Week, and there are over 50-plus national and local brewers that are going to be a part of this whole thing. We're going to be broadcasting live there June 1st, Friday. It starts up at, uh, I believe, 6.30, and it rolls till 10.30, and uh, I'm pretty sure that we'll be hanging out afterwards, too. You don't want to miss this. It's, uh, you know, uh, VIP tickets are available. I think they go for about $60-plus, and you can get a 10% discount on that or just the regular admission. I believe it's at 45 uh, just by using the code BGN18, BGN18, and that's unlimited four-ounce samples. Not two ounces because that's how most beer festivals go, but they know that we love beer and Philly loves beer. Four ounces. It's uh, The VIP tickets allow you to get in an hour beforehand. It's going to be so much fun because – for us, we're gonna. I mean, that's where we watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl in confetti, and uh, it's gonna be a ton of fun. So come hang out, drink all the beers with us, and maybe we'll uh, we'll figure something to do afterwards. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Go to phillylovesbeer.org. It's uh, right on there. You can get your tickets there again. Use the promo code BGN eighteen, and it's ten percent. That's BGN one eight one eight. The yeah, the number. Don't spell it out. That's a really long promo code, and we would never Very. do that to you. For for Brandon Lee Gowton, I'm John Barchard. This has been an OTA update right here on BGN Radio and BleedingGreenNation.com. We'll see you guys.